Welcome to the Positive View podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the positive view. I'm your host, Christy Murphy. I'm your other host, Brianna G. And today's episode, we're going to do something a little different than we planned and discuss positivity, what it means for each of us, how we apply it in our everyday, and why we want to bring people together in a positivity-focused community. Yeah, so last week we discussed the nature of supply, you know, and whether we have a sense that we'll have enough in any given moment to have our needs met. And our mission for the week was to find opportunities uh, to rest in trusting uh, that we'll have what we need. So how did it go for you? Um, I think that it went pretty well. I think uh, it's an interesting time to be practicing that in part because life is mildly shut down. So there aren't quite as the same, maybe challenges aren't there. So now we have different challenges, <laughs> right? Um, and so particularly for me uh, at work, um, my work uh, just looks a little bit different. And so it's, it's. I'm losing my train of thought here. So I, so I apologize, but I think it went well. I think for me, mostly time is an issue. So at work, I'm always worried I'm not going to have enough time to get my things done. I feel like I tend to put a little too much um, uh, busyness, like I I bring busyness into my life when it doesn't necessarily need to be there. So this week was definitely uh, an opportunity for me to kind of stop and slow down and say, no, I have plenty of time. I'm going to be here for 10 hours. I've got plenty of time to get my stuff done. How about for you? It was, it was a really interesting week for me as well, because we are doing this, we are recording this at the time of, you know, uh, shelter in place. You know, I live in uh, Los Angeles County, which is still very shelter in place. I think we're just opening up some very, very curbside basic type of store situation, I think, as of yesterday. Uh, but still many offices and many people are working from home. And um, for me, I took the opportunity to literally log in and figure out where my debt is, make sure, you know, my interest rates are at 0%. Like I did a very finite, you know, looking at what I have. And strangely enough, um, this particular week at the grocery store, I was excited uh, that when my significant other came home, that they had enough eggs, there was actually bathroom tissue. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so I would just use that as an opportunity to to be particularly grateful for what I did have this week, because there's been some weeks that I'm sure other people have experienced this where some of the things that I would have liked to have gotten from the grocery store wasn't there. So I used it as an opportunity to really be grateful. I don't think I've ever been so grateful for just milk and eggs in uh, recent history mm-hmm. uh, and bathroom tissue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. the best. Even though I got the tushy to sort of say goodbye to having to need bathroom tissue, yeah. I still need to dry off. And as I said, I can't, even though we have a bidet style attachment, I still haven't, gotten at home with the idea that I would somehow use a cloth and then, yeah, <laughs> you know, do with that what you will. We'll just, we'll just go there. So that's how I took my inventory this week. So, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think too, one of the things I, I worked with was not falling into a panic about what I might not have in the future. Um, so I think when all of this started for me, that was where I was headed is a lot of anxiety about, okay, I've got what I need in this moment. Great. But then, you know, looking two weeks, three weeks down the road and, and sort of inviting this, um, anxiety and this thought that I won't, won't get, or won't be able to find what I need, which is potentially real, uh, in our current situation, but it's not helpful. Um, to kind of be borrowing that worry from, you know, three or four weeks down the road when there's plenty to deal with um, right now. And as you said, there's, there's plenty to look around and to be very grateful for, I think, even in this very difficult and challenging time. I like how you put that. I don't need to borrow that worry from the future because it is true. It's, it's, but my, I have a tendency to have a, a brain that does run worried. Mm-hmm. And so every time I catch myself looking too far forward, it's just very difficult right now to plan what's going to be. I will say that I've learned a little bit of gardening and I've done some things that are proactive to make me feel 
uh, more secure in this moment and also to just be more secure in this moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I find strangely enough that even though, you know, I'm gardening microgreens or whatnot, I find that it's a very therapeutic hobby for me. Like I've, I've not been a hobby person to date, uh, but I am appreciating that hobby more now, you know, now more than ever. And so, yeah, I do like that because you, when you do borrow worry from the future, it is sort of like uh, that worry has compound interest on it. Mm-hmm. It just keeps going over and over like bad credit card debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, you know, I, I'm all about trying to get out of bad credit card debt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think too, that is one of the things we talked about last time is uh, really nature of supply and do we have what we need? We were, we were talking about, do you have what you need in this moment? And that I think is a lesson. It took me a long time to learn. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm in this space and this is how I've always kind of thought about the world. Absolutely not. Um, and even still, I find myself at times, you know, borrowing that worry from down the road a little bit, but do what, especially for me, if I start to feel some anxiety of, I'm not going to have what I need, I really have to stop and take that inventory. Do I have what I need right in this moment? And then if I want to look a little bit farther ahead, because I do believe there's something to being prepared. We don't, um, you know, in, in talking about this and the nature of supply, I'm absolutely not saying that we don't sort of prepare for our lives and um, take steps uh, to make sure that we're okay. Uh, So certainly looking forward and like, okay, well, what am I going to need for next week or whatever the case may be. But I think the difference between trying to prepare and, and, and inviting the, that worry that you're not going to have enough sometimes is just how that feels and the anxiety that one brings that doesn't. You know, and, that, and actually preparation is a very good tool for making you feel as if you have enough. And another tool that I, I always hesitate to talk about because there is something about talking about giving to charity that just sounds conceited. And I do respect people's want to have their charitable giving be private. Um, however, I will say that sometimes when I've struggled a great deal with feeling like I'm not going to have enough, particularly with money or food, I have, I've worked the charity angle a little bit harder than I would normally as a way to stave off that fear, to show mm-hmm. myself through action hey, I have so much, I can give some away. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people, they want to do charity to do good works. And I really believe that to be true. But I also do think that when you give to charity, even if it's a small amount, it does practice that showing yourself through actions that it's enough. And if, if I ever really want to feel rich, I always try to give some money away to just stave off that fear. It's a great way to act myself into right thinking. Uh, so that's another tool people can use. And you don't have to feel it when you do it, um, but it does feel better once it's done. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a nice way. Uh, one of the things that works for me is just looking back to evidence. Um, so if I'm thinking I'm not going to have enough, I'm so worried, I can take a look back and say, what is the reality of history, basically? Uh, have there been times when you haven't that you truly haven't had enough and there have been times when that's true, then it, the, then the question becomes, okay, and then what did you do to kind of work through that or get yourself through it or whatever that you needed to do to get what you needed? And I feel like for me to take a look back to say, okay, I don't need to be, maybe I need to be vigilant. I don't necessarily need to be worried or anxious because I know even in those times when I feel like um, things are a little lean or I'm not going to have enough, I know that I've found a way or that, you know, I've reached out for help depending on what it is and been able to get what it is that I need in the moment. So just taking that opportunity to really evaluate historically, is it true that I will, that I've not had ended up having what I needed when I needed, needed it. Um, and that definitely helps me in the moment to just kind of uh, dampen that, that tendency to go or run a little bit anxious. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. So we are going to just jump right into positivity, what it means for each of us and how we apply it in our everyday. 
and why we want to bring people together in a positivity focused community. Okay, so we decided to do this topic because the podcast is officially out in the world where people can hear it. And so we decided that we talk about positivity in general and what it means to us and why we chose that as the focus of this podcast. Right. So we've talked in some of our other podcast episodes, we've brought positivity into the different subjects matters, but we figured this is the right time to just talk about it in general. And I honestly, now that it's right in front of us, I'm not really sure where to dive in (laughs) and just start talking about it because it has, it, it just is one of those things in my life that just is a part of it. So I'm not real sure where we should start. Well, you know, a long time ago, we both, you and I both went to a place called Agape, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was uh, Michael Beckwith, who's been on Oprah, um, yes. who did a sermon about how you should have a negativity fast. Mm. And uh, we decided, I think at our, like our, our uh, lunch that we go to afterwards, that a negativity fast sounded a little too uh, negative that we were going to have a positivity fest. (laughs) Um, And so at that point, uh, we made a commitment to each other to bring it to our jobs because we had that job that uh, ran a bit negative in the office in general. We were all Mm -hmm. kind of down on um, our company kept like almost going bankrupt from week to week through some strange choices, but they weren't really, it just felt like it. We were always in a financial crisis. They're fine. They're doing great today. It was fine. But a bunch of us who were um, complaining a lot, decided we were going to take on this positivity fest. Mm-hmm. And so we started having weekly breakfasts. I think that's how we originally, like, and this was over 20 years ago. Yeah. And, and, and it's funny to think that it's been that long. And I feel like every, even having done, started this that long ago, I'm still working on it. So even though we're going to talk about it, even though we've started the podcast, I hope that everybody can can really know and understand that uh, we are in no way saying we are we are at the kind of end of the line and know everything there is to know about positivity and do it perfectly because I definitely don't. But I think the great thing is that it is very much a part of my life and has really helped to change the way I think. So we started originally with the uh, sort of the first thing we did with this positivity fest was to make sure that when we were, we were essentially accountability partners for one another. So if Christy and I were talking and I sounded or started getting a little negative, she would usually in a very facetious tone, cause we had to start with humor. We had to start with humor. Um, you should just say, you know, that sounds a little negative. You maybe want to reframe that. And then in that moment I had to reframe it. And it seems like a really small thing, or it seems like, well, what would be the difference? But I am telling you, it made a difference. And at the time, the way I knew that it was making a difference for me and how I thought about things was traffic. So living in Los Angeles, traffic is not great. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And um, there really isn't a reason to get upset about it because you can't really do anything, but I would get real upset and, you know, not to the point that I was dangerous to anyone, but definitely to the point where it was not making my life better. And I was crabby on my way home. I was crabby on my way to work. So there was a day after we had been doing this for a while, there was just a day when it wasn't great out on the road. And I just, you know, said my little phrase in my head and all of that sort of frustration and anger, none of that entered my space, which was an incredible light bulb moment to say, wow, this could, this thing really works. (laughs) What I loved about it is we told everyone in the office, I think there was a group of four of us, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. you, me, and then two of our coworkers joined in and we invited other people Uh, Mm -hmm. And some people were very much, no, 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 no. And I understand why they were that way because uh, that's their nature. And they're Mm -hmm. like, they're like, I don't like to bottle up my feelings. And I thought that was a valid point because at first we were just going to just all be positive all the time. And then we kind of sort of cracked under the pressure and Mm -hmm. we decided to have, I don't know if you remember, we'd go out in the back by that dumpster, like the four of us. And we'd (laughs) all get like, I don't remember, like it was a timed amount of time to just straight up complain for Mm -hmm. like five minutes. So 
like one of the things I think it's important is when we're talking about the positive view, we don't mean that you never utter a negative word or that none of that ever happens. You never complain. Sometimes that is very, it's nice to vent, but there's a point where venting turns into sort of marinating. Mm-hmm. I found that my venting could turn into a marinating on negative thoughts that just produce more negative thoughts. And I will say that um, ever since we did that, it was almost like going on a diet where you ate all this healthy, good food. And you ever, you ever go on a diet and you eat really healthy food, and then when you come off of it, um, the unhealthy feel, literally kind of unhealthy food almost hurts you. Mm-hmm. It, right. it is genuinely, I mean, genuinely, you know, um, like abdominal discomfort. Oh, I've mm-hmm. got to go now, you know, kind of feeling. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, now, I've always been good enough to just fight through that feeling until I'm comfortable again with the junk food. Uh, <laughs> that's the skill I have. Uh, however... I will say that with the positivity like fest, ever since we did it over 20 years ago, I will find that whenever I've been continuously negative, I'll have sort of um, like a, like kind of almost a hangover, like enough is enough. I can't live this way anymore Mm -hmm. because I know there was like a better way for me to live. And then when we reconnected on the telephone, we both were like, Hey, how about we do that, that thing again, just Mm -hmm. to keep that practice. Um, And I say, and it's really important to have somebody else who's willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not in on this, uh, like people who are very negative, like misery really does love company. Mm-hmm. And boy, do they hate optimism. <laughs> right. And it's so easy, even when you're trying to be positive, it is very seductive to get into, you know, that mire with other people talking about how things aren't going well, or, you know, woe is me, things are so bad. And again, I want to point out, when things are legitimately bad, please find someone to talk to those talk to about those things to help you work through them. So in no way are we saying that when bad or challenging things happened that we didn't talk about them or don't talk about them, bring them to the forefront so that we can work through them. We, we do. I think when we're talking, let me just back up and speak for myself. When I'm talking about complaining, I really do mean most of the time complaining about those things that you can't change. So there are always going to be things in life that just we don't have influence over. And so for me, I don't see the value. I don't see how my life is made better focusing on those things and just complaining about complaining about that. Instead, I want to see, okay, what is my circle of influence? What do I actually have the opportunity to change? And that's where I want to spend my time. And that's where I want to spend my energy. And so I feel like when we became part of this fest with, um, with each other and with our coworkers, that's really what having that accountability did for me was to help me really see I have a choice. I have a choice in how I feel about anything that's happening. And even in the things that are terrible or the things that are bad or that I don't like, I have a choice of how I respond to those things and the positivity or or taking that positive view kind of helped me see beyond that immediate, oh my gosh, this is terrible and the world hates me. I think it's absolutely true. You know, I don't like, I don't want anybody to feel like they need to, like, it is possible to both be positive about what you can do in life and also Mm -hmm. still mourn the loss Mm -hmm. of, you know, of the life we knew uh, Mm -hmm. or people we knew or things when they were easier or when they were more fun. I'm not saying you, but I, that these things can coexist. Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody to stifle or feel like they can't, but I, I do find now that a lot of the way I, uh, especially just because of the current environment, um, I found myself bonding with people over things I was, things I couldn't change, things mm-hmm. I was frustrated about, uh, just sort of just things that were beyond what I could do. And there is a certain amount of complaining that I'm going to do, I think, uh, and I'm just going to lessen that over time. And positivity really is a skill that can be built over time. And I will say that, you know, and it goes up and down, up and down, Mm -hmm. but I will say when it goes down and my complaining goes up, um, 
the quality of my life goes down significantly. Mm -hmm. And I found myself keeping company with people who, when I do keep myself with company with people who just really want to, you know, in the name of being bold and putting it out there or whatnot, are just really just complaining all the time. Mm -hmm. It drains me. I don't feel like ready to change the world or ready to change what I can. And I just feel like, especially when times are hard, it, it, and especially when it's harder to do, it might be more valuable to lean into taking a positive view on what can be done and how we all can be closer and how we all can come together as opposed to why we're so different, why everything's terrible. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they're the taking positive action, even in negative times um, or in times that you can perceive it as negative, uh, you know, or, you know, or bad times, let's just say not positive or negative. Sure. Uh, it can be very helpful. And I think it's a great time to do this mm-hmm. because honestly, I really need it. Mm-hmm. And I think to go along with that, I, I, there's value as well in actually taking a look at what's the feeling behind the negativity or what's the feeling behind the complaint. I find that if I am starting to go a little bit negative or starting find myself um, just complaining more and more, it helps me to say, okay, well, what's really happening here? And what am I, what am I feeling? And when I can name what I'm feeling, I can usually figure out why. So if I'm complaining about something and just kind of without really thinking about it, because, you know, it's just the thing to do, whatever. Um, if I look at it and say, well, what's really going on here? And then I can name it, oh, I'm, I'm frustrated about X, Y, or Z. Then it's a further conversation. Well, what can I do anything about X, Y, and Z? And sometimes I can. And so then it's great because then I have an opportunity to start down that path and try to fix whatever the thing is. Sometimes, though, I cannot. And, and there is a moment where I am becoming more conscious now of the moment where then I have to choose, okay, I can't really do anything about this other than um, control the way I'm thinking about it. So I can either keep going down this path of being negative, or I can say, I acknowledge that I'm being very, you know, that this is frustrating for me, or I wish it were different, whatever the phrase is in the moment, I can't really do anything about it. So I'm going to just leave it here. And I'm going to go focus on these things that I can do something about. Absolutely. I think for me, one of the times where I'm most negative is where I feel powerless and impotent, Mm -hmm. where it feels like there are so many things I can't change. But one of the things I can always change is what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and what I'm seeing. And it's hard because at the same time, I don't want to deny anyone else's um, troubles. Like I don't want people to feel like, you know, I'm having a hard time you know, what is there to be positive about? And I don't, I just, I'm very conscious of, you know, people are having genuinely, genuinely, like maybe some of the hardest times they've ever had in their lives. Mm -hmm. And it does no service to those people for me to just sit around and complain and be miserable because they have genuine problems Mm -hmm. and I'm worried it's going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between empathy and me just sort of, um, I don't know, sometimes I feel like sometimes people are, um, like kind of stealing away someone else's misery and making it about themselves in a weird way. Like, Oh, these, these terrible things are happening in the world and they make it about them so that they can be more miserable Mm -hmm. instead of thinking, okay, things are happening. I don't want to get overtly political, but I will say that a lot of friends of mine are complaining about politics. And I, I, and I can totally understand that no matter what side you're on, I can understand if you're frustrated. Um, But I think this is a real good time to try and see what we all have in common I know people get really angry when people try to say that now, because like, how dare you side with this person or that? But, you know, cast your vote, make your donations and try not to be too hateful to your neighbor. I just (laughs) like, I mean, that's about all I can do right now. You know, if I get more into us versus them and them versus us, I feel like I'm falling into a trap that isn't good for me or my neighbor. And if, if anything can come of, this particular, you know, uh, crisis that we're all in is that feeling that we are most definitely in this altogether. Mm-hmm. This is definitely a community problem. Mm-hmm. And 
And I feel like when you, we're seeing a lot, particularly right now of when things aren't working. I think when you look for those places where things are working, that too helps. So like you're saying, if I, you know, if I jump into the pool with the people who want to be negative, not necessarily because they're in this moment really have something to be negative about. Um, I'm going to miss all kinds of opportunities to help myself, help other people, and maybe even help the folks that are in this pool. So if I can, you know, kind of jump out of the pool and um, just try to keep that positive view and that positive outlook, maybe then I can see different opportunities where I can help other people um, come up to that space. So hopefully they're, their lives will feel a little bit better. It's not necessarily going to take away um, the challenges that they have in their lives, but if it helps them to weather those challenges a little bit better, I feel like that is, that's important that we need, as you said, be be kind to your neighbor. Um, We need to be doing those things that are going to help people through their challenge not necessarily make that challenge even more difficult. And that's always a hard thing for me to swallow. And I just have to, you know, get good with it. You know, there's always this immediate, the impotence makes me angry Mm -hmm. that I can't change more, that I can't do more, that things can't be as I see them to be right. And the more I go down that line of thinking, the less effective I am in the world, Mm -hmm. the less effective I am for the change I want to see. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Instead of complaining at a diner or on the telephone for hours, because we, we're not at diners anymore, but that's what I used to do just prior to this, um, complaining at a diner for hours, I could you know, participate in meaningful protest or at least support those people who are supporting the things that I want to do mm-hmm. in my own way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I think I fell into a trap of just being a malcontent from time to time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that there isn't a place for um, venting frustrations. I do think that that is a valid thing to do, but I think at a certain point mm-hmm. I do sort of marinate in my own misery instead. Mm-hmm. And in, I, you, I can feel the difference because when I've de- genuinely gotten something off my chest, um, it'll stay there and I will feel clearer mm-hmm. uh, the next day or the next morning. Like sometimes if you've ever had a really good cry mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the next day, you genuinely feel better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes if I've marinated in my own misery, uh, by just, uh, you know, uh, complaining and complaining and complaining, I find that all I want to do is not anything productive the next day. I just want to reach for the phone and complain some more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really, when I'm looking at this, I'm looking, I try to look at it from an opportunity standpoint. I love that word. Yes. I love the word opportunity. I love to find them. I love to help other people find them. Opportunity, opportunity. Um, But I think one of the things when you're frustrated, when you're angry, I do feel, I agree with you. I think that venting, getting something off your chest, talking about that and talking about that feeling. So talking about how the thing makes you feel, I agree. It's productive uh, because it, it, it releases that energy and then gives you that um, space to see, okay, what do I do next? Um, And that to me is where, that is where the opportunity lies. So if it is that you're venting, if it is that you're sad, um, frustrated, angry, whatever the case may be, once you kind of clear your clear the way by getting it out, then you can you can see what what you can do. Even if you can't do something like you were saying, even if you can't do something to really tackle the thing that's made you frustrated, maybe there are other things that you can do instead. For me, sometimes it is even once I've gotten something off my chest or once I've taken some time to kind of reflect on the situation I find myself in, sometimes what I find the opportunity is maybe in how I react to something similar in the future. So sometimes I feel like I can get triggered and then I go quickly down the anger path 
when maybe if I just take a moment, take a beat, um, look at, reframe the information that's coming in or how I'm thinking about it, I might not even have to go, go down that path. Yes. Yes, I totally relate to that. And then there's also, like, I, I know people are very much anti thoughts and prayers now, um, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you've read it on Facebook, I have a lot of friends who are like, "Yo, that's your way of doing nothing. But I will say that when I'm feeling um, particularly resentful, um, to try to put positive thoughts and, uh, and I know, I mean, as a person who isn't very religious, but does believe in God, um, I do like the idea behind prayer. Uh, and I know it's kind of a loaded topic for a lot of people. So I don't want to, I, I don't want to, um, uh, you know, have people one think that I go to some church or that I'm somebody that I'm not, I don't want to like accidentally try and agenda, you know, uh, like deliberately play that up so that I get other people who are very, um, like regular church to, to make me, you know, to sort of, lean on their credibility. Mm -hmm. And I also don't want to isolate people who are good friends of mine who are atheists or agnostics. But I will say that, you know, when I do pray for the well-being of my enemies, let's just say, or for people I disagree with, um, the lift isn't necessarily for them. It's for Mm -hmm. me. I feel better. Mm -hmm. I remember I have more compassion for myself and for the person I was thinking about at the same Mm -hmm. time. It lightens my load. So, um, so where, wherein, you know, it is a tool and you can think of it, maybe thinking positive thoughts or sending good vibes or just trying to have, um, force myself, let's say to, um, feel some compassion for someone who I, in that moment, uh, can't feel it for, do you know what I mean? Just, just, just over days, there used to be a thing that they would do in 12 step programs where if you had a resentment against somebody, you would do like a prayer for them for 21 days. Um, and by the 21st day, you, you would feel considerably lighter. And I always thought that was a very um, useful tool that I don't know if I ever got to 21 mm-hmm. days. <laughs> <laughs> like I was always I was like, it was sort of like um, a medication that some people take. Now I take it all the way to the end because then I started reading what happens mm-hmm. when you don't. But it is sort of the uh, take these antibiotics for 14 days and you give up on day nine. You know, it's like, no, 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 you got to take it for 14 I will say uh, with the uh, 21 days of prayer for, um, you know, people you are resenting, I I found that I rarely ever needed all 21 Mm -hmm. days. Um, So I don't, I don't know that I ever went the distance, but it it can be a helpful tool. I hope I didn't turn anybody off though, but it can be, it can work. (laughs) I think the, the key, well, I don't know about key, but I think an important piece that you talk about there is the practice. So it isn't that you're just going to wake up one day and decide I'm no longer negative or I'm no longer, you know, influenced by negativity. Um, We are all inhabitants of the world and that's just not going to happen. But you can practice how you respond to things. And so um, I liked a lot what you said about the empathy piece. So practicing that, um, taking a moment to practice empathy for others, for yourself, um, trying to have kind of empathy about a particular situation. The change I feel like for myself that that helped kind of this this new kind of way of thinking was really in just practicing thinking differently, which sounds kind of obvious, but was really, really hard because it is just so easy, you know, patterns, thought patterns, um, behavioral patterns, they're there for a reason because you've done them for a really long time and you do them a lot of times without thinking because they're just a natural part of, you know, your everyday. So by doing the practice, the 21 days of prayer for someone um, just taking a pause to look or sort of examine or reflect on how you're feeling, those little practices are kind of a switch that helped me get a little bit of space from whatever like quick emotion I was going to go into to be more negative and helped me start to develop that positive view. Absolutely. Because I feel like right now, um, 
more than ever, there's sort of, there's the concept of world mind. That's what's being beamed mm -hmm. at us. And I feel like there's a lot of uh, lack of empathy for people who may see the world differently than you do. I think there's, and I'm, and I'm not even just saying that like for the, for everyone, I'm saying myself mm -hmm. included. And I just, I, um, I've had a lot of conversations recently about people are just feeling free to sort of, um, and, and I think that can be good, I think, for some people, but it's not working mm -hmm. for me. This sort of um, getting in touch with your true self and your true self being, you know, uh, in, in the vein of telling mm -hmm. it like it is, you're actually just being sort of a, a very rude right. person, you know, and I don't know that I necessarily listen. I can make that my true self, I suppose, if I keep doing that, if I keep nurturing my negative uh, side and my lack of empathy for people who think differently than I am. I can, um, you know, delve further into an identity that is more about what I'm not and how I'm different from those people. And I could do that over and over and again. But as a person who's like a mixed race person, I've experienced the pain that othering can mm -hmm. bring. And I can also feel this sort of sense of community that othering can bring as well. Um, you know, where, oh, well, we're a minority. So, you know, not them. And uh, and I just don't know that good things ever came from that. And I just, I feel the temptation to fall into that right now as like life and the world and humanity becomes more and more divided. I can feel that temptation of falling into a group of people who think exactly like I do. I will say that there was a period, um, you know, about three or four years ago where, you know, I had to take a very, I, I was unfriending people on Facebook. I was at the time though, I was in so much pain that I just couldn't handle just seeing things that just totally enraged me over and over and over again. So I sort of curated my uh, social mm -hmm. media feed. And, and I think in some ways that was good. And I think and in some ways it was bad because I closed off um, alternative mm -hmm. thinking and I closed off my humanity. I did not see that these are people who are just like me that are afraid and angry and feeling mm -hmm. left behind. And I just, I just really feel like this is a great time for this podcast for me personally, but for mm -hmm. the world at large. Um, and I know it's a small thing that I can do um, and that I want to do. And that if it helps no one else, but just you and I, uh, it would be a worthy endeavor mm -hmm. on itself. There is that sense that, and we've talked about this a few times in trying to get this this started that what we're really hoping to do is bring people together. So starting this community of people who want to take a more positive view, have a positive outlook, practice and uh, practice positivity and then encourage it in others. Again, not, not because we don't know that there are challenges in the world, um, but just as a, just as a way to, bring people together and also to bring different people together. So to hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll be able to reach people from, you know, I mean, if I can be so bold and positive to say all over the world uh, from different cultures and religions, no religion, whatever. Um, but that their goal is just to let's come let's find ways to support one another connect to each other so that we can see and start to understand that we truly are all in this together, that we're all people sharing this, this lovely planet. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be as challenging as it feels right now. And I think that I mean, I feel like we're at a point in time, like a, a, a sort of like a tipping point. Like I can feel, I, I mean, in conversations I have with people, there is this kind of underlying energy of people who see how challenging the world is, especially right now. And knowing that the world isn't going to go back to the way probably it was, or at least it won't for a really long time. Is this our opportunity to... Um, kind of usher ourselves into something new that is also more positive and better for more people. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the, um, the 
things that I had to learn and, and, and being like, and being more positive helped me through it. You know, I've had some health issues and uh, I do have, I was a musician for a long time. I started playing the violin when I was nine and I had uh, like bilateral carpal tunnel and cubital tunnel. And um, I have some health issues that, you know, make um, using my, um, you know, I used to type 80 words a minute, you know, and now I, I have limited use of my hands, you know, um, I can't use them. I can shake hands. You would never know if you met me. But if I try to mm-hmm. do what I used to do, which is, you know, type for hours and hours at a time or play the violin or play guitar or play piano, um, the pain will come back. And, and scarier than mm-hmm. the pain is the numbness. And when I was um, ill, you know, there was that time I told you about losing my use of my leg or whatnot. All I could think of was I just need to get back mm-hmm. to normal, mm-hmm. get back to the way I was. And it wasn't until the day that I admitted to myself, um, mm-hmm. there's no going mm-hmm. back. Okay, there's no going Mm -hmm. back to what was normal. You are going to be, it's just like grief when you lose somebody very Mm -hmm. close to you. You never go back to the person Mm -hmm. you were before they died. You never go back to the person you were before you got sick. You never go back to that person. You change as a person. You grow as a person. You have a choice what that change is going to be. Are you going to take it one way or are you going to take it the other way? And the other way for me is to Mm -hmm. take a more positive view. What I will say is when my hands started going, I started realizing I never wrote a song. Like, I mean, I wrote, I wrote songs, but I never recorded a record. And I never performed as much because I was always so worried about not practicing long enough and not being good enough and all these other type of things. Um, so I wrote shorter songs. I wrote funnier songs. I goofed around and I never enjoyed what I had more. And the same thing for when I write. Now, if you read some of the books that I've published, you will notice that there are wrong words in for other words. That's me and my voice software. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's very, if you've ever wanted an opportunity to, to, uh, to have patience, uh, try using your feet for your mouse and swearing into your voice software because you're trying to do editing. And oh boy, the patience you can learn there is amazing. And so, but one of the things I did notice is I wrote more because I had more time. I wrote faster because I was using voice software uh, and I was more grateful mm-hmm. for what I had. So in a lot of ways, things will never be, there will be a new normal. Don't, let's not be so tied to getting things Mm -hmm. back to the way they were. We will all be forever changed. And um, we have a choice how we're going to look at the change. And that's about almost all we can control. Oh, but maybe there's even more than that, but Mm -hmm. we can start there. I think this is an opportunity as well to recognize that if, if we are moving into something new, and I agree we are, we're essentially here and able to influence it at the ground up. So one of the things I've noticed uh, in my life is that I tend to get into things either when they're kind of falling apart, when they're just brand new. um, And my role is usually just to like, keep things going long enough to get other people to kind of come in and help and then start to build this thing up. And I think having the opportunity to build something from scratch is so incredibly exciting. Now, I know that the uncertainty of those kinds of things can be scary. And uh, they are, you know, even doing this podcast, we, we continue to say, we don't know where this is going. But there is an opportunity to build something and to have direct input on what it looks like and how it's going to work. And that's what we have right here. I think we can absolutely have um, have that grief for what it was. You know, there are there are things I think that are are going to look very different. I know that it's kind of silly, but I keep thinking about what's it going to be like going to concerts from now on? Um, But though, you know, I do too. And what I, what I keep thinking is one, we'll figure it out. Um, But two, what if now, because of whatever happens, there's just this new sort of understanding that we came through this thing together. And now here we are, we're building up sort of this new And in that, we see the positive opportunities and the the choices that we can make to maybe it's not going to look like it was before, but 
maybe that's because we're going to make it even better than it was before. Absolutely. And I know there will be people who have tremendous loss and Mm -hmm. it will take a lot of healing for them. Um, And I don't think it's any service to those people who are going through loss to sort of spit in the face of what could Mm -hmm. be my good fortune. Do you know what I mean? Me being more miserable because there are other people who are miserable doesn't create like Mm -hmm. a giant happy world. And it's so easy to get caught up in this. And I know this works because, you know, when I didn't need it as bad and when the stakes weren't this high, my life changed tremendously from even mm-hmm. when we started 20 years ago, mm-hmm. being more positive. I mean, it's no strange coincidence that within a year of us all doing that, we all were in mm-hmm. different careers and doing mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. Within a year. I mean, one of <laughs> us ended up on Broadway. You were in nursing school. Another person got promoted. You know, we finally took that promotion. And... um I, mine manifested itself and I won't go too much into the depressing details, but at first I was positively going into crisis. So it looked terrible. And out of that crisis, I ended up working for myself and and making the most money I ever made, Um, you know, doing a thing called my thank you site, which was like a site dedicated to saying thank you and sharing gratitude. And I was able to, you know, uh, weather tremendous, you know, my illness, I was able to pay for that. I was able to spend time with family. I was able to grow creatively and travel the world even all because I was positive and it didn't immediately change my life around. I watched how it was immediately changing everyone else's and just had to have faith that despite the fact that my life took an original, like I would say, um, like um, what Uh appeared to be on the outside Uh uh, downturn. It Mm -hmm. sort of cleared the way. It literally cleared the job that we were at away from me. It cleared my apartment, my health, my everything. I mean, it really brought me down to ground zero to build something new Mm -hmm. that was indeed better than ever. So it doesn't always mean just because we're taking the positive view that that means you're going to look around your life and you're only going to see what's great. Like you can have a positive view. Well, literally, I think at the time, um, more things Mm -hmm. were being cleared away. At the time, there was more room being made for what was to come. Uh, and I had to sit in that emptiness and be positive <laughs> about that. <laughs> and, it, and, uh, and, and, and there was a lot of opportunity for improvement. There were many days mm-hmm. where I could have been much more improved. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I learned mm-hmm. from it. But it did work. It actually spawned the idea for the website, which was, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, the, uh, the thank you site. Because I was making a point while things were going really bad to sort of do my gratitude list and count my blessings. And that's where the idea of the website came. And that was my career for a good decade. And I think what you, what I hear in that, in that as well is resilience. I think one of the great things that positively positivity has done for me is help me to build resilience. So when things like that do happen, um, Again, I can deal with the emotions that are coming um, and then see that. Okay, again, not articulating it well today. I apologize. But what I talk about when, when I talk about positivity, for me, it is the same. It just helps me to kind of ride the, whatever that emotion is to get to the other side of it, to see what comes next. So if it is, um, I too, over the last few years have had some health issues um, and some things happened that, that were frustrating and scary and some of it very, very sad um, in the sense that, you know, there are days when you don't know if you're going to be able to get out of bed because you're just, you know, so um, grief stricken, I, I would say. And even in those, even on those days, I had to just keep telling myself when I could that, um, you know, there is, there is an opportunity here. I can't see it just yet. I know that there's opportunity here because I have had, at, you know, prior to that, um, thankfully been able to start to do some reframing and change the way I think about the world. And again, that's not to say that I don't acknowledge that bad things happen because they do. And I, and, and I 
can empathize with what that feels like. I think for myself, the positivity just helped me weather those things because I could not be overcome um, so much by those negative experiences and the negative emotions that kind of come with those things. Absolutely. And I think measuring your sort of positivity sort of tank in degrees or, or um, percentages of how much you've got at that particular time is more beneficial mm-hmm. than seeing where you're lacking. Like even to take a positive bent on, I've got about 4% positivity today. Like I see <laughs> that there's 96% where I can improve. Uh, I'm feeling really down. The thing that I always want people to remember is like a lot of times I take on the voice of my critics Mm -hmm. and I yell it to myself even louder than anybody who's ever criticized me. And one of the things that at my lowest of my lowest, my most positive thought I can sometimes muster and I'd love to pass it on to anyone listening. Try your best to not feel Mm -hmm. bad about feeling bad. It is a quicksand cycle of misery that just builds on itself with a compound interest rate that can bankrupt you emotionally. It is gut-wrenching. And so at the very least, when you're down and out, don't be down on yourself or be down and out. Remember, I'm feeling it. I'm in it. You can be sad. You can be grief-stricken mm-hmm. and still be okay. It just like a general faith that, I mean, I think I've mentioned it before, but that this too shall pass. Because remember when you were happy, <laughs> that's gone. So things are limited. Even a, like, you know, even a sarcastic way of looking at it can be helpful. So it's like any mm-hmm. tool that'll get you to the next moment is worth it. But try not to feel bad about feeling bad. I think that's like the one thing I've given myself, um, even in my worst moments, that if when I can remember it can give me that little bit of a lift mm-hmm. to get me to later you know what I mean? Flipping those switches and climbing that ladder back up um, to where I've got the mm-hmm. energy to affect some positive change. Build on your wins. Build on your wins. And right. And taking that uh, almost like that evidence inventory. Okay. So what have I done in the past when I felt like this? Um, maybe the situation that got me here isn't the same, but certainly I have been sad before. I've been angry before. So looking, taking a look back, not to dwell on anything, um, but just taking a look back for what's the evidence that can help me in this moment. What, what, what did I learn that last time that can help me in, in, in this moment? And I think I like um, <laughs> when you talk about this too shall pass and bringing humor to it. Um, I think that there is sometimes I have to just be sort of as well, gently sarcastic with myself just to say, you know, okay, you're in it. You're in it. This is not great. This is not great. Just fake it, fake it, fake it. And I'm not saying we always need to fake it till we make it. I don't, I don't love that. Um, But sometimes I just need to tell myself it's, it's going to get better right this second act as if it's better. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't, but it is one of the tricks I found um, that can help me at least, you know, if things are, are pretty bad, it can at least help me, you know, get up and go to work. Exactly. And one of the things that I found is a lot of times what makes things better or worse is a story, as a writer, you know what I mean? I deal with story all the time, is a story I tell myself about what's happening. And one of the tools I use when I can remember to use it is what I call mm-hmm. this is the bottom of the second act. Okay. Now, if you're, if you've never studied screenwriting or you're not familiar with the three act structure of screenwriting in the beginning, it's life as we know it in the second act is when things, you know, start to like you set on a goal. And at the bottom of the second act, the hero loses everything. The hero loses his girlfriend, his dog, the plan is blown up to shreds. What he thought he wanted, he can't get. Usually something dies or somebody dies. It's like at the point in E.T. where the plant starts dying and the cops are coming. It's the point in, um, you know, in Rocky where, you know, it looks like, you know, nobody's, everybody thinks he's a loser and nothing's going to go his way. And he's fought with Adrian. You know, it's, it's always, they call it the bottom of the second act. And the bottom of the second act has to happen so that the hero can win in the third. Now, there's a, it, depending on the kind of movie, but I would like to tell myself the story that I'm the lead in the movie with the happy ending. Why would I want the other, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to be the tragic lead. Not, not, well, I, I mean, I played that 
that scene a little too often in my younger days, not in the mood for it anymore. So whenever I'm really feeling down, I just remind myself, this is the bottom of the second act. Mm -hmm. This is where the hero loses everything so they can look at themselves, Mm -hmm. take a moment, come back to win in the third. And so like, sometimes it's just a matter of telling myself a better story because telling myself, this isn't going anywhere. This isn't where I wanted to be. Who the hell do I think I am? Why did I ever think I wanted all these things? Who am I to think I deserved it? That mm-hmm. is never mm-hmm. going to help me. <laughs> uh, but I don't know if you noticed, <laughs> I can rattle those things off pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think those, those things that, especially if you've been doing this work for a while, those you really can, um, uh, to use an 80s phrase, you can really get hip to <laughs> what it is. what it is or where it is that you um you know where you kind of go when it when things are negative um and the great thing about doing this work is you can also pretty quickly be hip to uh what you can do to combat that and i think hopefully for um hopefully everybody has those uh a couple of those tools in their tool belt that help them quickly recognize what's really going on and then um, if it's not what they want or if it's negative, um, not helping them then have the tools that they can use to get themselves out of that space. Even if you have to sort of fake it in the moment to just give yourself like an artificial lift. Sometimes that's all you need to just do that reframing and see above water a little bit. Right. And there's always the part of mm. the, the uh, journey that I call the slog. And you always know it in a movie because <laughs> that's when they put the music and it's a mm-hmm. montage. That's the part where you got to do the work and it's boring. And it's, you know, it's kind of, you're not sad. You're not happy. You're just like, eh, mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. where I just got to keep going. Ugh. You know what I mean? And you, and, and, and it's like, that's just the slog. That's just how it goes. And me knowing that every time I've done something worthwhile, I'm going to meet the slog. That's the uncomfortable, messy middle where I can sometimes give up or I can keep going and get that happy ending for myself. And, you know, sometimes the slog isn't worth slogging through. You can change your mind. But to me, that's a better ending. That's not quitting. That's, mm-hmm. ch- you know, changing, changing tack. I finally got that phrase right. Apparently, it's a boating <laughs> reference. Did not grow up with a lot of boats. So I had that one wrong. For my, but, yeah, changing tack. And um, it's just a matter of, like, getting comfortable with the – yeah, that, that slog, because just tell yourself, you know, I don't know, play the Rocky theme. There's like literally a video on YouTube where it's like the Rocky theme for eight hours um, where they just like they just play it over and over and over again. But I got to tell you, getting yourself psyched up to be like, mm-hmm. no, this is the part where the hero works hard. Do you know what I mean? It's the part where, you know, Rocky runs up and down, up and down over and over again. He never gets to the top of the stairs. They got to put the music behind that. They've got to you, know, you literally lead <laughs> Henry Mancini to make that interesting mm-hmm. because it just is hard and and but it doesn't mean anything if 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 rocky just runs to the top of those steps the first time he tries Mm -hmm. it's it's not a victory moment he's got to run all that way not make it not make it not make it and in the end Mm -hmm. he makes it to make it worthwhile and it's just just remember in that moment you're the hero this is the hard Mm -hmm. part and play the rocky theme song people So I think the other piece that happens usually in those montages is that the hero is with someone else who is supporting him or her. So there is the, there is that opportunity to come together. I mean, we talk about this work that we did or this, um, you know, this positive kind of viewpoint that we were trying to take. We didn't do that in a vacuum. We came together our friends. They, you know, we were this nice little quartet working on this thing together And in addition to having someone who in the moment can help you to like bring awareness to your negativity, the other thing that we did was we set goals for ourselves. And so when we would meet each week, we'd say, okay, what went well, what didn't? And when we talked about the things that didn't go well, we had to frame it as an opportunity. So rather than saying, you know, oh my gosh, I failed on this and then I didn't do that or whatever, it's, you know, I didn't get to this or it didn't work out quite the way I seemed the opportunity is the next time or when I do it, when I work on it again this week, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z instead. So again, didn't work out the way we expect, maybe expected. 
we're acknowledging it, just trying to sweep it under the rug. We're acknowledging it, but then rather than sitting in sort of the negative side of it, saying, you know what, next week, this is what, recognizing next week, this is what I'm going to try and I'm going to see if it works. And if it doesn't, then I'm going to acknowledge it, learn from it and try something different. Exactly. And one of the things I learned, because we would meet really early for breakfast because it was the only time <laughs> we we're all available and I'm not a morning person. So I still managed to pull that off. And I realized for me, if I started working on it when I was hip, right mm -hmm. after, like I was kind of pumped after us all meeting for breakfast and having a good day at work, if I started the work then, I was more likely to get yep. what I wanted to do done. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and if it wasn't for the fact that I was forced to reframe, I think it, in the moment, like I had to say, you know, that that's an opportunity for mm -hmm. remember to, for me to start sooner or something like that. But if I legit wasn't like mm -hmm. peer pressured right. into being more positive, I might have spiraled mm -hmm. out. And I think that's what we're dreaming for with this community is that, you know, we'll figure out a way where we can all mm -hmm. get together and we can talk or, you know, or online or in person or whatnot at some point mm -hmm. and sort of do mm -hmm. that for each other in a bigger way and be even more positive because Negative people have mm -hmm. a tendency to make this mm -hmm. a lot harder. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and that is, um, that's just what I recognize now is it's just energy that is so hard to be around because it just sucks everything out of you. And saying that, I, I also don't want it to seem like a judgment because we're all in different places in our, in our lives, right? Um, I, I, we were both those yes. people. And even now, sometimes I know that I can be that person. So that's not, not a judgment. Me too. <laughs> um, I know. But I want to be the kind of person I think that people want to be around. And I know I don't want to be around people who are constantly negative. So I better, like, I, I, I just feel the pull. I need to do what I need to. I need to do the things that are going to get me to that higher um, more positive level of thinking so that I am more of a help to people than a, I guess, a drain on people. I just, I really, I do feel like there is, ooh, and I, I, I'm almost hesitating, hesitating. I'm absolutely hesitating. What do you mean almost, Christy? I am absolutely hesitating because I want to say, I really do feel like everyone has a pop, everyone has a bit inside of them that has the possibility mm -hmm. of changing mm -hmm. the world for the better in whatever degree that is, it's absolutely enough in a small degree, in a big degree. But I think together it's sort of, it's sort of like, um, you know how like love you can't, it doesn't divide. If you have one kid and you love that kid and then you have another kid, you love both mm -hmm. kids twice as much. There's more love. I feel like with all good forces mm -hmm. in the universe, it's compounded. And, you know, instead of it just being four people at one work, I would really love it if it was, everyone listening to this podcast and, and, and people who I've never met all getting together to sort of create an energy that can just make like a tidal wave of positivity in a time where I feel like it, it, it really could, mm -hmm. it is a very exciting opportunity to change what's going mm -hmm. on in the world in some ways. Oh, absolutely. You know? And I feel one of the things to think about is um, ultimately it's people that have influenced us to this point so why not have this community of positive thinking positive acting people to influence the world moving forward absolutely and i'm really hoping more people find this podcast mm -hmm. and i get to talk to them and meet them because uh, i i really want that in my life and mm -hmm. i hope that what a I wonderful can bring thing it into to someone else to share with people and just to um, have, have people help you help me learn. That's I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And then helping other people learn about themselves, about the world, about whatever it is that they want, just helping people to find opportunities to, um, to do the things they want to do to influence the world positively. I think we're at a great point in the world, even with all of that's going on, we're just at this new, we're at this new line. And I, I hope we can all come together to influence it positively. Absolutely. And that's a great way to uh, say, why not we, why not mm -hmm. go with our uh, mission for mm -hmm. the week, our positivity mission so for the week? So this week, we're going to start small. 
uh, and just really start with awareness. So bringing awareness to where uh, we see negativity. So in those moments where maybe we're complaining or we notice that we're falling into um, that, that sort of pattern, just bringing awareness to those, to those times. We don't have to do anything else. Just bring the awareness to uh, what it is, how it feels, and if you want to go a little deeper to um, maybe what's behind it. Ooh, that's going to be good. I really need that. So I'm looking forward to it this week. And then next week, we will talk about how everybody isn't just one thing, that you can live from a place of both rather than either and or. And we'd love to hear from you, your questions, your perspective. Uh, you can email us at positiveviewpodcast at gmail.com. That's positiveview, V-I-E-W, podcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to the positive view uh, podcast.com and you can uh you know it'll forward you to all those places and you can even leave us a message on anchor okay that's our show for today um we hope you'll take a moment to subscribe and review the podcast uh, i'm christy murphy and i'm brianna g we'll talk to you soon